We're pregnant. Bro, do you even live? I can't eat another one. One is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. It won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa. hear that? That's that smell. was not oh, there yesterday. Have a second of it's totally my natural hair color. That's supposed to look like that. Don't worry. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Wait, who are you? I'm the Uncanny Valley version of Siri that won't get you sued by the Apple company. Oh, well, in that case, welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's Let's do do this. We've all been there, standing in a crowd, catching a whiff of something foul walking into the gym and noticing the strong smell of athletic fitness, sitting with strangers in a subway silently plotting our escape, holding our breath in the elevator wondering who done it and why. All day long, we humans move through the world, infusing the air around us with the rich and fragrant bouquet of onion breath, dirty socks, Taco Tuesday farts, and day-old underwear, ah, the glory of human aroma. So many scents, so few windows, and endless opportunities to clear the room with the incredibly strong smell of, well, ourselves. For this week's adventure, we explored human body odor, and while there are many ways you're be, Oh, might send friends and family running for the hills, we decided to focus on the kind of funk not so easily left behind as you climb out of the carpool and slam the door behind you. Yep. So finish your lunch if you haven't already, and grab some matches if you got them, because we're taking a trip to Stinky Town. Population? Everybody. Here we go. The idea that the human body can sometimes stink to high heaven is probably pretty common knowledge. So too is the idea that the biggest player in this game is sweat. Sweating has a huge impact on how we smell, but on its own, sweat doesn't actually have an odor at all. Instead, bacteria cells that live on our skin feed on our sweat, and then they produce a bunch of different stinky substances. If left uninterrupted, these bacteria just eat and eat and make more and more stink. This is why your dirty gym bag smells so much worse when you forget it in your locker over the weekend. At each moment, bacteria on your body is managing a constant cycle of eat, pray, smell horrifying. And to understand how it all works, we began this week's adventure by exploring the stinky world of sweat glands. Our bodies have two different types of sweat glands, 
and they're called eccrine sweat glands and apocrine sweat glands. Eccrine sweat glands can be found all over your body, especially on the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, and on your forehead. We have loads of these glands, between 2 million and 5 million per person. And it's a good thing too, because these are the glands that help us maintain our body temperature. The sweat made by these glands is basically salt water, and I like to call it hot sweat because it's the kind of sweat you sweat when you're hot. The apocrine sweat glands, on the other hand, are fewer and farther between. They show up around puberty, and they're mostly found in the armpits and the genitals. The sweat made by these glands is kind of milky and full of a bunch of fats and proteins, and it usually gets dumped into the hair follicles, and it doesn't help to keep you cool. Instead, when your apocrine glands get busy making sweat, it's more often in response to stress or excitement. So I like to call these sweat glands stress sweat glands. Oh, and one more thing about stress sweat. Those stink bacteria just love the stuff. They literally eat stress sweat for breakfast and lunch and dinner if they're on a roll. And apparently they're picky eaters because they hardly ever bother with our hot sweat. Nope. They want that thick, milky stuff. Gross. And the more they eat, the more odor they produce. Did you forget to mention that these stress sweat glands are more developed in women than in men? Oh yeah, sorry ladies. So what the hell, body? We don't need you making extra sweat just because we're stressed, especially if it's just feeding greedy bacteria that make us smell awful. This sort of system seems like it would make life more difficult for humans when they're trying to be accepted by the other humans. Maybe there is some other reason for the stress sweat? One excuse for having this stress sweat is that it gives us each our own special signature fragrance, which plays a part in our romantic relationships much in the same way that sexual scent glands work in other animals. Although, if you ask me, I'd say that these days showers probably play a greater role. Am I right, fellas? Humans one, stinky mother nature, zilch. Anyway, the jury is still out on this natural fragrance theory, so the explanation for your stink may vary depending on who you ask. You mean on whom you ask? I do. You might. I just might. Special thanks to my co-host, who joins us this week from the Grammar Police Department. I'm happy to do my part. Whatever. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, folks have been working hard to better understand sweat and bacteria and body odor for a while now. So many research questions to answer. So little time. To begin with, I think we ought to focus on the most important research question of all which is how in the world did scientists find people to volunteer for body odor studies? I mean, think of the sacrifice. In the past few decades, both NASA and the United States military have been among the groups that have worked to learn more about the science of our stink. When NASA studied this in the 1960s, 
Their efforts were part of the planning for our voyage to the moon. And boy, did they take these experiments to the max. They specifically wanted to understand what astronauts might experience during a two-week trip in space in a craft the size of a small car. To achieve this, they ran a bunch of tests where pilots didn't bathe, shave, groom their hair or nails. They didn't even change their clothes. These guys were in deep. They kept the same dirty sheets and stopped brushing their teeth. And this went on for two to six weeks at a time. Sometimes pilots endured the experiments while sealed in their spacesuits. So what did we learn from all this? Well, for one thing, we learned that a human body can become stinky enough to cause nausea. But another cool thing we learned was that body odor grows and grows, but then hits a limit where it can't grow any stinkier. This is because the body produces some of its own bacteria-killing substances that eventually keep the bacteria at bay. How long does it take to reach this peak? Thanks to NASA, and also thanks to the Navy, and some very brave volunteers, we now believe that this funk plateau happens around 7 to 10 days after you've quit bathing. Well, even though you think it stinks, did you know that sweat can tell you important things about your health? Oh, really? Yes. If your doctor needs to check you for cystic fibrosis, she might do a test called a sweat test. She can use a small electrode on your skin to make you sweat and then she can test some of the sweat to look for high levels of chloride. Hmm. It's sure nice that sweat can be useful in that way, but I sure hate to be the person who has to make people sweat all day. The next time you see your doctor, give him or her a hug because... They may have spent the morning milking people for sweat in some room with no windows. Maybe if you're sweaty you should wait a while before you hug them. Oh, good show, C. Good show. So getting back on topic, we've had some fun with biology and research projects involving human stench. And we've seen that sweat-based body odor is pretty straightforward. So I'm sure by now... Everyone listening is wishing we'd just get on with a part about good ways to get rid of it. Well, to that I charge, why would you want to get rid of it? Are you trying to confuse your lover? Do you care at all about honoring those brave astronauts and Navy men? Don't you want to be all natural? Okay, I couldn't keep that going. There are actually some pretty cool nuggets about taming body odor. But before we talk about them we should mention one important thing. Please remember that regardless of what your TV or your rude coworker says, body odor is totally normal. Unless you've got a special condition, you should expect to sweat sometimes. And now you can expect that if you're stressed about making your maid of honor speech or asking for a raise at work, your sweat is just going to smell worse than it did when you were chasing the ice cream truck. You're here. You stink sometimes, but guess what? Your body still loves you anyway. And now you can plan ahead for your truck chasing exploits. So we touched on this a few times before, but it's still true that bathing with soap and water is a great first step for showing those bacteria exactly what you think about them. Grabbing a shower or bath doesn't kill the bacteria, 
but it does wash away the sweat so bacteria have less fuel for their little BO factories which by the way should probably stand for bacteria odor not body odor why should we take credit for their rotten stench I say we stand together and proclaim that bacteria will take responsibility for all the awkward moments and strained relationships it causes who's with me okay anyway you probably already knew about the bathing thing and you're probably already using deodorants or antiperspirants or both to deal with the odor on your armpits but what we say next may surprise you a bit for starters deodorant basically just covers up the smell fuming from your pits rather than getting rid of it but sometimes deodorants actually have agents in them that kill the bacteria before you get too excited, deodorants can usually only kill some of the bacteria. And the bacteria will grow back if given the time. But I'm still going to call that humans too. Musky mother nature, zilch. Antiperspirants cover up the smell and kill some of the bacteria too. But they also have agents that block the sweat glands in your pits so the bacteria have less moisture to thrive in. Of course, without the sweat blocking feature, antiperspirants are basically no different than deodorants. So if you're using an antiperspirant, you probably believe that it's got 100% sweat blocking power. Behold the phone. A product only really has to block 20% of sweating in most people in order to be called an antiperspirant. Even the clinical strength antiperspirants you see in the store only have to block sweat by 30%. And the hits keep coming because antiperspirants only really block the non-smelly hot sweat glands. You heard right. For all your trouble, antiperspirants don't even touch the stress sweat that brings about the actual odor. Are you headed to the car to demand a refund yet? Hopefully you haven't spent much money, but it still seems like we should be able to do better than this, right humans? Now I have to give a point back to smelly mother nature. All right, now for the elephant in the room which is that the main ingredient in antiperspirants is aluminum. Aluminum and antiperspirants has gotten a bad rep lately, but we're exposed to it quite a bit through our daily lives. Aluminum occurs naturally in the environment, and it can be found in a ton of places because it's a super common element. It's so common, in fact, that we absorb more of it from foods, the air, and from over-the-counter medicines than we do while we're blocking a measly 30% of our armpit sweat. I'm sorry, I promise I'm going to quit complaining about that. 30%. One other thing that may bother us about antiperspirants, aside from the 30%, is that they stain your clothes. And I don't know which would be more embarrassing on a hot date, nervous sweat odor, or brown spots on your top. One effective solution is to show up for your date topless. If that isn't an option, deodorant may be a more desirable choice. Some folks even recommend waiting until the antiperspirant on your pits has dried completely before you start putting on your shirt. 
But who has time for that? I don't know. What is it about the smell of body odor that makes it such a bad thing anyway? Uh, it stinks. Duh. I don't have a nose. You will have to do better than that. Hmm. The answer to this question is a whole can of worms, and I couldn't possibly give you the full play-by-play. In that case, I'll settle for the highlight reel. Okay, I'll bite. Those of us who do have noses can pick up on the smell of other people's bodies. And like we said earlier, it's believed that this helps our brains assess the people close to us on a deep neurophysiological level. But when it comes to the way we each experience body odors, our standards and attitudes vary from person to person and from culture to culture and even across different periods in history. As an example, in American culture, our current attitudes about body odor only stem back to the 18th century when smell became a kind of status symbol. Good odors were the ones associated with the upper classes and bad odors were the ones associated with diseases and immigrants. But before any of this, people didn't really care that much about how they smelled. Body odor was just something that blended into the background. In fact, in many other countries around the world, this is still the case. And when Americans visit those countries, the natives get a whiff and sometimes don't like that we reek of soaps, shampoos, laundry detergents, and other scented products that we take for granted but are super noticeable to other people. Anthropologists like Mary Beth McPhee even charge that we Americans bathe because we smell. And then we smell because we bathe. So anyway, to make a long story long, the bland answer is that unless you have a medical issue like foot fungus or a yeast infection, body odor isn't good or bad. It's just different from person to person, and we tolerate it according to our cultural norms. Wow, that sounds really complex, but I'm still glad I asked. Mm-hmm. The other quirky thing is that we don't have a huge problem with body odor. What we have a problem with is everyone else's body odor. You're right. That does seem quirky. What can I say? We're complicated. Did you want to say anything about how the humans used to avoid bathing because getting naked for baths was considered impure? Let's save that for a future episode. Okay. I'll remind you. Danke. Well, there you have it. We've explored some things that you likely already knew about body odor, and hopefully some other things that you didn't. If you've gotten this far and you're thinking, boy, that podcast didn't have anything terribly shocking in it at all, this last tidbit is for you. If you aren't shocked after you hear it, please email us because clearly we need to talk to you about having you on as a guest host. So, the shocking final fact for this week's adventure is this. We said before, the body has sweat glands all over the place. And most of them make a kind of odorless salt water or smelly milky fluid. But there are actually other sweat glands whose sweat has a more oily quality. These are only located in a few places on the body. And one of those places is around the anus. 
How do you like them apples? We're just going to leave that there and let you ponder whether the sweat glands around your anus are hot sweat glands or stress sweat glands. Stay tuned, everybody. Please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general, or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42TOWERBEAMSUNSHINESTRAIN. No, 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 I told you we're not doing that. My apologies. www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyclairhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?